the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. Uh, I've been slacking. It's uh, my B. Uh, <laughs> it actually, you know, it took it took Larry Lehman killing a 191 inch uh, free ranging Illinois buck for me to sit down and do this. And part of it, I just wanted to sit down with him and get his story. And we'll get into that. It's incredible. So Larry, he's with a group in Illinois, Rack Factory Outdoors. And I don't know if you're familiar with these guys, but they <laughs> every year they're just after some absolute studs. And we're fortunate enough, you know, they, they tried Horny Deer Sense out and saw, you know, really great results. And, you know, happy to be tied to them because they chase some absolute monsters up there. On the horny deer sense front, this is the fun time of year. And as we grow and more people try our product, you know, we're out as far as Texas and Missouri, up north and Illinois now, even just retail locations. We got people ordering all over the country. But this time of year, you know, which I don't get to hunt near as much as I used to because I'm working all the time. But to be able to sit back and people were sending pictures in with their, their bucks and they're telling you the stories and you, know, you kind of get to live vicariously through them a little bit. And then every once in a while, you see a deer come through like Larry's. And it's like, oh my goodness. So everything's going just better than we could have ever expected. And that goes uh, to all of you guys. Really appreciate the, the support and even giving us a shot. So I promise I'll do better as far as cranking out some podcasts. Uh, it's really, honestly, hard for me to come to terms that with anybody even uh, caring <laughs> what I have to say, just to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Larry. Larry Levin and Levi Rosentreader, welcome to the Horny Deer Scent Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Larry, the man of the friggin' hour. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this deer. Uh, one, because it's incredibly fresh. It was last week that the story came to an end. But before we get into uh, the deer that you dubbed Slingshot, Levi, Larry, tell me a little about Rack Factor and you guys up there in Illinois. Let me take this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we started last year, me and Larry and a couple of our other buddies, we started Rack Factor Outdoors, which basically basically what it is, is uh, it's just us recording and sharing on social media the things that we would do regardless. You know, we have a passion for deer hunting like most of your listeners do. And uh, we just wanted to put it out there for the world to see, and we enjoy doing it, and it just adds a new element to the whole hunt, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, it doesn't hurt that you live in Whitetail Mecca. <laughs> no, that doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> there's a, I'm happy for both of you, but there's still part of me that hates both of you. Just so you know. <laughs> like, It's a mostly love, but a little hate relationship. So with Slingshot, this story goes way back. And, I, you know, you see the pictures, but a lot of times you don't realize, you know, that there's a lot more to it than, you know, the, the last few hours of how it went down. And I really had no clue, in, in, you know, until Levi was posting about how you 
over the last few years, eight buck tags. And like you, you had a laser focus on this one particular deer. Where did this whole ordeal start? Uh, it started about five years ago. Um, and I saw him, I wasn't really using trail cameras much at the time, but I had saw him and uh, I've seen him kind of regularly. And then all of a sudden he kind of disappeared. And uh, about three years ago, um, I really started up in my game with the trail cameras and, and he started showing back up and I was getting pictures of him. And I just, I decided that I was going to hunt him and, and only him with a bow. Was there any, over the past few years, any close encounters where it just almost happened, but something didn't quite go right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. About, it was probably three years ago when I shot over his back with, with an arrow. Oh wow. Um, I actually had a single pin sight and he was about 30 yards on a field edge and I was kind of tucked up in the timber and I ended up shooting an arrow over his back. Um, like I said, he's about 30. I had one pin. So after that day, I went and bought a multi-pin sight and started shooting 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, on up. So how big would you estimate he was at that time as far as inch wise? <sighs> oh, 180s yeah obviously. i mean i mean he's yeah probably he still, yeah he was still ridiculous yeah which i think it needs to be pointed out this buck here i mean he was primarily like most bucks are big bucks like him he was primarily nocturnal yeah i would say 90 to 95 percent of the trail camera pictures you got of him was at night yeah i think over the last three years i think we've then, got maybe six daytime pictures and of then him. what was it two years was it two years ago that buck got hit Yes, uh, actually three years ago. Well, it was 2019 well, season. Two years ago, his dog got hit by a car and right in the middle of the rut. And the day that he was taking his dog to the, to the emergency room, his cell cam goes off and slingshot is broad daylight right in front of the stand. <laughs> and I had been hunting that stand for, what, five days probably? Yeah. Uh, the wind was perfect for it, everything, and I was just waiting for him to come through his uh, – he, he uh, normally shows his face about November. Well, I'd say Veterans Day is probably the best time to hunt this deer, you know, historically, until this year, of course. So the dog gets hit. The stars have aligned, and you're on your way to the vet. That's, that sounds like my luck right there, to be honest with you. I actually, yeah, I actually hadn't been looking. I had a, a trail camera, a Spartan, and I hadn't been looking at it because I was dealing with the dog and um, Levi come pulling up in the driveway after I'd gotten back from uh, taking him over and he actually had to stay for about seven days in the hospital. So I had got back home. I was tired and everything. And Levi pulls up and he's like, you know, he had access to my Spartan camera at the time. And he's like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And he pulls up his phone and there's slingshot stand there <laughs> five o'clock in the afternoon for, he was there for like five minutes, just milling around in front of my stand. So yeah, talk about rubbing salt in the wind. Yeah, so it's brutal. So, yeah, so fast forward to last year, and I had I guess it was about three encounters with him, and in all three times, the closest I could get him in was about seventy five yards. So, it's been, this deer has been quite the experience chasing. There's been some lost sleep. It sounds like lots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the video that Levi posted was great. Uh, and I guess before we get into that, where can people see this video, Levi? 
Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Rack Factor TV is our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find it there. Also, we post it on our Facebook page. Uh, again, Rack Factor Outdoors. And you're doing a it's giveaway pretty... along with this video, right? Yep, we're going to give away a Tacticam at the end of the season. Um, all you have to do is watch a video, subscribe to our channel, like it, and leave a comment on what you think of it on our YouTube channel, and you'll be entered to win. Okay, that's perfect. Going back to the video, it might not have been as close as it looked, but it looked like where you got a shot at this deer and where you parked was incredibly close. Is, is that accurate? Or did I just, because I was going down the road watching the video. Yeah, it was about the, the car. I parked the car at the end of the field road, which is probably about 60 yards away from where I shot him. <laughs> so, how long, yeah. so how long between the shot and you you parking did that play out? Uh, it was over an hour, you know, because I got there about 620, 630-ish in the morning. So it was still, you know, it was just starting to get daylight. And I was walking in and I happened to catch him out of the corner of my eye. I saw a bunch of deer in the field. And so I just, I froze up and I dropped to the ground and luckily enough, there was a little ditch right there and I just crawled over into the ditch and sat there and kind of waited him out. So all these years, all these hours <laughs> in the stand, and then you walk 60 yards from the truck. <laughs> yeah, in the, wide, in the wide open. Yeah, field. in the wide open field. The only, the only thing I had going for me was I was walking into the wind the wind was in my face and the deer were northeast of me so there's no way they could smell me because the yeah. wind was coming out of the northwest so but they had to watch you get your car get but they fast. had to have seen because i i pulled up and i walked to i actually was driving april's car uh my girlfriend and so i i walked to the back of her car and i get ready it takes me like 10 minutes to get ready and then i start walking and i i get like like i said 60 yards away from the car i'm probably 40 to 50 away from the timber where I'm going to hunt and I'd look over my shoulder and I see all these deer out in this field and I just freeze you know and it's like oh yeah and so at this point I'm thinking my hunt's over I'm gonna spook all these deer so I I'm like the only thing I can do is drop down to my belly and army crawl over to this ditch well, did you even know that he he was one of the deer at that point? Or? At that point, I didn't know he was one of the deer until I got into the ditch and I decided to make the best of it. So I pulled out my binoculars and I started checking them out. And uh, sure enough, he's standing right there and he's the closest one to me at about 50 yards. Did you realize it was him? Oh, instantly. As soon as I see him in the binoculars, I, I realized it's him. Are you sure it wasn't one of like five other 190 running around your property? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, those are pretty hard to come by even here in Illinois. <laughs> so, but he starts walking away from you. Where is your mind at at that point? I, I'm thinking to myself, this is the only opportunity that I'm going to have with this deer all year. And he turns and just starts walking away. But the direction he's walking, there's nothing. It's just wide open fields. And we pretty well had this deer pattern. We pretty well knew where he was staying. So I knew where he wanted to go, which was behind me. But at that point, I'm thinking this deer is going to be gone. He's going to take off. And he just kind of milled around there. He, he kind of went away for a little bit. And he didn't really go far. But then all of a sudden, he just turned and he started walking towards me. How long of a time period was this when he started walking away to when he came back? Um, it was probably... From the time that I realized it was him until the time that he started walking back, it was probably about 30 minutes. Oh, 
I bet that felt like an eternity, did it? Oh, my heart was beating out of my chest the whole entire time. <laughs> and it, the the only thing I had going for me was there was some uh, like weeds growing up in the, along the ditch, and there's no way that they could see me because I was hiding behind them. Yeah. Do you think he was going across where you were the road, going back to where you had him pegged for betting? I think had I waited any longer, he would have ran me over. That's incredible. He was just, I mean, he was heading right at me. He was he was heading behind me to go to his bed across this field, which we had on seen the neighbor's him, property. Which, yep, on the neighbor's property, which we had seen him do several times. Gotcha. So, and the neighbor's property was probably, oh, uh, it was still a long ways away, three, four hundred yards across the field, you know, to get to the, which the neighbor's property is actually my brother-in-law's sister, so not really that big of a deal. Yeah. But I don't have permission to hunt over there, so. <laughs> so what really impressed me more than anything probably was the fact that you you still had the state of mind to turn your video camera on your phone and at least document what was going on because i can't imagine during that 30 minutes that you're sitting there watching him and him turning coming to you and getting a shot off i can't imagine everything going on in your head so just having a wherewithal to turn on a video camera and start the process that doesn't happen overnight. Like you guys, y'all, this is something you've been working on for a little while, right? Oh, when he yeah. told, when he told me that he got some footage of him and a picture and video, which I mean, it wasn't the greatest because it was low light, but when he told me that, I thought he was crazy. No, for, to see I the video that he had, thinking. oh, I could, well, to see the video that he took, you know, when I'm watching, when you guys first started putting it out there, I'm thinking, the balls on this man for taking his phone out, you know? I know, man. I just, uh, I was thinking there's no way that anybody's going to believe that I had this deer on the ground standing in front of me. And at that point, I wasn't light enough to shoot yet. So I'm like, I'm going to try to film this guy because I, I figured he wasn't going to stick around long and he was going to be long gone. At least I would have had something yeah. to say, check out this crazy encounter that I had, you know? And then he turns around and walks. And then right he turns around and and I mean when he started walking at me, um, it was just I was just like, oh, it's gonna happen. And then my instincts just kind of took over and kind of go on autopilot, don't you? Yeah, it really was. And it's like you always think about you know what you're gonna do in that situation, and your body just kind of takes over. I think we all have like uh, just throughout our ancestry that there's something primal in there you know something something happens there's a there's a switch that that flips like you look at a picture of that deer and you think man my blood would turn to water immediately if i seen that and like all this other but in the moment it's weird how at times those moments can become like really calm and like i don't know if it's the adrenaline or what but your thought process even gets more succinct it's it's a weird thing but i think it's something that we're kind of born with you know just it's buried in there wouldn't it come out yeah so you shoot the deer how good did you feel about the initial shot i felt pretty good about it um but then later on we come to find out that it actually wasn't that great of a shot but um it was pretty windy that morning and I actually, before I, I shot him, I thought, man, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go with this win. But then I got thinking, this is probably going to be the only opportunity that I ever have, you know, as many years I've been chasing this deer, I, I, I've got to try it. So never, never. did you even, did you even have, I didn't ask you, did you get a chance to range him or? 
I, I ranged him as he was walking in, and the last range that I hit him at was 28 yards. But he was 15 to 20 by the time I actually took the shot. Wow. And and he so he was coming at me, you know, basically head on, just walking straight at me. And then he stopped and he turned broadside, and that's when I drew back. And once I got to full draw, he actually turned and started quarter he quartered away a little bit and he took a couple steps and then he stopped and that's whenever i i took the shot gotcha oh dude so freaking awesome and then uh you bring levi into the story and let me say for some free freehand videoing it was actually not bad at all very very good job just i mean we've all dabbled and tried it's more difficult than it looks and i, I appreciate a great job with it I appreciate that. Yeah, it is tough, man. But the the best part to me, and, and that's the thing, like memories, memories fade. You know, like when something like that substantial happens, you're, you know, it's all clear in your mind. It's one of the reasons I want to talk to you guys so quickly. But over time, you know, memories fade. But to to know that with that deer, Levi was able to get you know those those pure emotions when you actually get up, not only getting up to it, but tracking it and you know finding the blood and all the little details that that kind of drift away. Like how cool is it that twenty years from now, if you know if you're still around, you can go back and almost put yourself right back in that situation. Absolutely, I, I think I've watched the video about twenty times already. Yeah, it's gotta be surreal. <laughs> yeah, see that's oh, yeah. that's the biggest thing I wanted to bring out in the video was that raw emotion. Yeah, because I feel like of all the hunting videos out there, I feel like that's the one thing that's probably lacking the most. Not saying that the hunters don't feel it themselves, but to get the actual viewer to feel a part of that. Uh, no, it's a grown man mean, crying. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, a grown I, man overwhelmed and like watching it. I'd be lying if I didn't tear up a little bit. I'm like, I was, way I was to go, crying. Larry. Way to yeah, go, was, buddy. Not even know Larry. I was crying <laughs> behind the camera, man. It was, it was an emotional experience. Well, that you captured it perfectly. And here, here's the thing. I don't, I don't give a crap what anybody shoots ever. Like as long as somebody's enjoying the outdoors and you know we're growing the number of hunters and that's all i really care about like you shoot whatever makes you happy you know but and i know people are in situations where they don't have the time or the resources to hone in on a deer anywhere close to what this deer was and you know there's different outfitters and stuff where people can go kill big deer it's all fun and all exciting but it has to pale in comparison to this situation where over years you've built a relationship with this deer and you know it, it's it really is very much an intimate situation when you finally do get that close to the animal yeah it's like losing a pet or something Seriously. you know yeah and it's it's definitely bittersweet well and i think too people that you know shit on hunting and whatnot uh, they miss out on that part of the process a lot of times one just like you said not a lot of people see it not a lot of people are even aware or privy to those types of situations but it is a um, you know I've, I've talked to people that don't even name deer anymore because they get attached to them you know <laughs> i get it right yeah which i'm saying 
you're probably feeling like 50% elation and 50% sadness, yeah. honestly. Like, it was – you were just as sad as you were happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was more sad than I was happy because no more trail camera pictures, you know. Done, just yeah. You know, it's it's over with. That chapter's closed. And so – and now it's time to, you know, find another one to hunt. You know, but on the flip side, in another part that people don't think about, you know, that, that deer was getting up in, in years, you know, you guys are estimating him at what, nine, 10 years old? Yeah, yeah. And it's you, like I said, it's been five years since, you know, that I knew of him and had been hunting him. So, and he was mature then. And he was mature yeah. then. So, yeah. Yeah. And just to, to think of a deer like, you know, people that are against hunting, you know, they don't realize that eventually these animals do die. <laughs> you know, they don't live forever. And most of the yep. time it's in a not good situation. It's a very prolonged, agonizing death, you know, potentially being eaten alive. So you have all these different pers perspectives and things to weigh, but it's it's just not as simple as going out and shooting an animal and being done with it. Like not, not an animal like this, especially. And that's since you brought that up, uh we have caught a little bit of flack about pushing this deer on the track job. And I just want to make it clear what we were thinking at the time. We had jumped this deer one time that we didn't catch on video before you see us jump him in the video. Yeah. And he, he only went probably 40 yards before he bedded again. So we knew he was hurt bad. We also, Larry got a good look at him when he jumped up and as graphic as it is, his first shot actually zipped the underneath of his belly wide open. Gotcha. And and this deer's guts were hanging to the ground when he jumped yeah. up. So we felt that, you know, we kind of went against the book. You know, the book says back out and give him time. We didn't want this deer to suffer. You know, he deserved a lot better than that. So if we could get a second shot in on him, that's what we were going to do. No, that's very understandable. And, and here's the thing. Hindsight is always 2020. You can always look back. People can, and you know things that they might have done differently. But the thing is, too, we all act differently in that situation. You know, the the people, and that's one of the things that that bothers me more than anything is you know all the the armchair quarterbacks out there. Yeah. I swear to God, if you if you want hunting advice, unsolicited hunting advice, you know. <laughs> it's out there oh my god it, i don't just post a photo dude i don't post shit go. anymore like I'm, I'm so sick and tired of like random people giving me hunting tips like you don't know where i'm hunting you don't know <laughs> what i'm hunting. just yeah stop it but people were so quick to offer that up and you know in the moment you know you got a thousand things going through your head you've got information that they weren't privy to as far as the shape of the deer and i mean it totally the the video gets lost uh, to me when somebody tries to to critique I mean, you, you don't know what you're going to do in those situations or what you need to do so backing up i know that and this is the horny deer scent uh podcast maybe we should discuss a little bit of urine so you were using some of your uh in your mock scrapes and your scrapes uh some d-harmony rut limb and I really like the way that your group goes about using some of our stuff. Cause a lot of people, you know, especially down here, you know, they're, they're going to throw up a scent wick or they're going to spray it on their boots or, you know, spray it off their stand, which is all effective. 
but there is a loan play when it comes to scents. Like you can use a scent and you know reap the benefits of it days later, months later, whatever. Tell me a little bit, you know, preseason leading up to season, kind of how you set the stage for this deer. Um, yeah, I actually used the stud finder early on, um, and I was Hashtag I went to stud some... finder. <laughs> yeah and so i went to uh some of the scrapes that had opened up I, I did a couple mock scrapes early on and that's where we actually first started getting pictures of slingshot this year was in the horny deer sense scrape nice. um and then once they started opening up then i started uh using the deharmony what what did that look like in you know, describe it to somebody that's never taken this approach like uh Cause it's not a, it's not a one-time deal or one day deal. Like you're actually going through a, a, a continual process. Yeah. So pretty much anytime I'm in the area or I go hunting or something like that, I'll take the scent with me and I'll refreshen up the, the scrape. Um, but yeah, pretty much. Um, and our, the whole goal was like he said, this bug historically never really started using his property until like, the second Late. week of November. Yeah, second. So yeah. the whole the whole goal was to try to bring this buck by sooner than normal, and I mean it paid off. It. Yeah, I, I think the what was it October eighth or ninth? I think we got the first photo of him this year, which was really early for yeah. him. Yeah, we just wanted to make him make him think there was another mature buck, exactly. you know, honing in on his territory, and it paid off. But, yeah, but actually the first photos that we got of him in the scrape, he I mean he was there for a while and he was. He was tearing it up. Every every so. time he'd come through your property, he'd hit every one of those. He's scrapes. hit every one of those scrapes. Yeah, and I had cameras. That's awesome. On, I think three three of them. Yeah, and it's it's you know obviously effective deer in the rut as far as catching the attention of a deer and bringing one in. But a deer like that, you know, as far as keeping his attention, you know, and, and he's thinking he's he's missing this new buck or this new doe by this amount of time. You know, like keeping that interest in there like who, who's this son of a bitch in my territory you know but yep. it goes a lot it's a lot longer process than some people uh i think it's just an educational process people don't know you know they, they see urine i think uh scent scent drag or you know scent wick but you can use it to keep a deer interested in a particular area and that's the thing he wasn't hunting over these scrapes you know that wasn't the strategy. No. The scrapes were just to keep him interested and keep him on the property. I think it's where a lot of people mess up, to be honest with you. Uh, right. Especially, you know, when you start learning about how deer a lot of times go about checking scrapes. And, you know, if you're hunting over a scrape and you're coming in before daylight, a lot of times he's right there before daylight or, you know, going to be there shortly after dark and kind of, you know, given that, that buffer, again, the, the long play. You know, I think that gets, and it, it goes back to, you know, like we were talking as far as, you know, people have uh, not having as much time as others. And, you know, there's different things that, you know, cause people to hunt certain ways, but this is a strategy that I don't think a lot of people are really aware of as far as, you know, not hunting over the scrape, but keeping him interested in a certain particular area. Right. What's it been yeah, like yeah. since you like, there in Illinois, you know, in, in y'all's neck of the woods, what what's it been like since you arrowed this beast? Are you a small town celebrity? 
It's been pretty overwhelming. I've got a lot of messages, you know, texts, phone calls and stuff. People congratulate me. You know, there's a few haters, but it's been pretty positive. Uh, even the haters make you feel good, though. Isn't yeah, that- it, it, it does, yeah, it does kind of make you feel good. Because it's like, why are you worried about what I'm doing? You weren't worried about me last week, but now well, all of a sudden you're worried about me, you know? At the end of the day, just uh, the fact that you've given them something to hate on. Uh, that, yeah that, i mean that's a feather in the cap i'm sorry like you're, you oh, you would you wouldn't believe something. how many you wouldn't believe how many people have seen this bug been hunting this bug thinks he shot him on their property yeah. i mean it's no way like yeah it's been wild yeah. but it's good we got the video so we can say hey this is where we shot him you know yeah that's incredible um y'all know my buddy uh brent hughes the uh he lives up in illinois Closer to Ren Lake Sporting Goods. Okay. He uh just uh day before yesterday arrowed the the biggest buck he's ever shot. And uh he he backed out, he didn't he was so worried about not finding this deer, like he just completely backed out, uh caught a gentleman up there to bring over a tracking dog and they started looking for it yesterday morning and ran out of blood and couldn't find it and he's uh-huh. oh no oh no yeah and he's he's from down here in my neck of the woods um literally i think the only reason he doesn't move back is because of the deer hunting in illinois but over the last couple of years you know he's put in just a, a ton of work and um he had these two bucks on camera one of one of them was the one he shot and uh he had, you know, the D harmony and, uh, you know, was rattling a little bit and it circled downwind and it, it came in, just worked out absolutely perfect. Everything except finding the deer. And he is just crushed right now. Uh-huh. I'm like, I wish I could drive up there and give him a hug. <laughs> I know. We've all, we've all been there. That, that is tough. Yeah. Yeah. There's no worse feeling than shooting an animal and not being able to find it. And then, been thinking about what happened to it you know if the coyotes ate him or oh, you yeah. know it's just terrible it is but hopefully hopefully he survived or maybe he'll find him during shed season that's why i was telling him you know maybe maybe he'll turn up uh but that that sickness we've all been there but i've never been there to the point of what he is right now like i that i haven't had you know the the biggest deer i've ever shot not be found and uh not only that you know he had the money that he paid for the tracker uh he missed a, a day of work and he's a boiler maker and uh mm-hmm. like right now they're you know, working a ton of overtime and stuff so he had a, a very real investment not only time-wise but monetary too and i'm just sick for him yeah it makes it hard to keep hunting it really does oh dude but but you gotta get back out there though it's november 2nd you know yeah, I'm actually, as soon as we get done, um, I'm probably going to get showered up and head out myself. I finally got some sleep. We got back from South Georgia over the weekend. And uh, I was telling you before we started, the group that I went with, uh, I've never heard people snore like that. Like, it's just, <laughs> if you didn't get to sleep before they did, you, you just weren't going to sleep much. And then you throw the Braves in the World Series and uh, – yeah, I definitely felt my age when I got back, and I'm still dragging a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure alcohol didn't 
come into play at all either, did it? No, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> There's one guy that, what, so what's cool about the whole situation though, uh, one of the guys that goes down there, uh, the Braves closer, Will Smith, uh, the, the guy that runs the camp actually coached him in high school and his son's like one of his good friends that, that played with him. So we're watching the Braves game and you obviously feel like you have some skin in the game because, you know, of, of Will Smith, you know. And uh, so it was a, a very lively crowd in and around the Braves and these gentlemen, they, they do enjoy a tasty beverage. Uh, <laughs> Just about all day, every day. <laughs> you know? There's nothing wrong with that. But one of them, his name's his name's Casey Wilson, and a couple of years ago, you know, really, I guess it's three years ago. Well, fall of 2019, you know, right after we had started Horny, I took some koozies down and I gave him one of our koozies. And there's a very real emotional attachment with this gentleman and his koozie. But he broke it down or broke it out when we were down there. And dude, there's no way this koozie keeps anything cold anymore. Like it is, <laughs> it is just tattered. It's dirty as hell. I think it's this, you know, weird charcoal color. It used to be white, but <laughs> I've never been so so proud to to see somebody break out some of our gear like his though. And probably a week ago or pretty recently, they were going to a. Um, a wedding rehearsal and he told me that his wife was literally like no you can't take your horny koozie <laughs> but i you know i wanted to get into the story you know because it was so fresh and you know it just happened and i was as interested as anybody to just get your thoughts in and around it when you finally do get it get, get just get him in your hands you know, before we break off, what did, what was that, not only what was that moment like, but what other moment in your life would you compare, you know, that 10, 15 minutes to? Oh man, I don't know. It was, it's still, it's still a surreal, you know, unbelievable. Um, it's just, it's hard to describe. I mean, I was, I was happy and sad all, you know, all at the same time and proud of myself you know um it's just one of those things that you really can't explain i guess just a flood of emotion yeah it was just you know like i said bittersweet's the only way i can describe it you know oh yeah look at that oh that's ridiculous i'm glad you did that i forgot you had it so and that reminds me too on the slingshot when you first gave him the name yeah where was the first uh, uh it was it was actually this one right here that was the one that was always there and then he kind of changed a little bit through the years but he's he always had this one right here yeah that's his right right g3 is yep. the one he always had and this year he had his right g2 and g3 and his left g2 uh, all had big deep splits so fuck of a lifetime man i and no joke uh I appreciate y'all letting not only myself through Horny Deer Sense, but Horny Deer Sense being tied to this whole experience, you know, to, to from start to finish. Uh, it's everything that we love about deer and deer hunting. You know, the, just appreciate you guys letting us be tied to it. Well, we appreciate everything 
from you, man. That, I mean, honestly, he may not have killed that buck if it wasn't for horny deer sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, it brought him in there and, and it really changed his pattern a little bit. We noticed a little bit, you know, he was staying on the property longer. He was still there at night, but it pushed him ultimately to be there, you know, at the right time. I told Levi, we'll give you credit for the 191 inches, and then you can give us the five eights. <laughs> you can have the five eights credit. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> the story of my life. Give me the five eights. <laughs> hey, my, my cousin, my cousin actually farms the property that that I hunt, and he told me that he takes some 100 percent credit because it, had he not shelled that cornfield, I would have never shot that deer. So hey. Yeah, he can have whatever he wants out of the rest of the nine, nine, 191, but we've got the five eights. Yeah. <laughs> now we just, now I just got to get you up here to hunt. Dude, it was that close. I shit you not. So, you know, I still, you know, I don't do horny full time. You know, I still do some stuff on the side and uh, I've got a, a gig that I, I accepted that I'll, I don't start till the 15th. So for the next two weeks, it just totally opened up. But my little brother is getting married this weekend. And it, uh, yeah, that one, that one stung a little bit. Yeah, but I can imagine. Hey, we'll next, happen, year, next year though, we're gonna make okay. it happen next, next year for sure. Go ahead and put it on the calendar. Hey, it's gonna happen. Hey, I'll, I'll make a deal with you right now. Okay for the world to hear so you have to uh, agree to it first okay <laughs> you agree i gotta agree before you put it out yeah well that's dangerous i've gotten into some i got into some good ones that okay yeah I'll, I'll do it okay if you don't come up and hunt with me next year you got to bring the chin strap back just the chin strap my wife may have a problem with that hey that's great <laughs> she'll be pushing for you to get up to illinois she uh she still gives me shit and i didn't even know her when i had a chin strap but she still gives me shit about that one. Oh, one of the other guys that's down there and you'll appreciate this levi because we, we still got to play some golf too but um they've invented a, a golf tee that couples as a beer shotgunner so it's got a little protuberance on the side of it their company's called thirst tees and it's actually pretty badass. He gave me one while I was down there, and I'm, I'm giving him a plug right now. Um, but it's a golf tee, and then like it's got the, you know, you just have to see one. But you put it on your beer can. It enables you to puncture your beer can and shotgun it. But I'll, I'm getting some of those done up with a uh, horny on the side of it. So I'll bring some of those up. Yeah, for sure, man. But we. Appreciate everything, guys. Just love being tied to y'all. And obviously, if there's anything we can ever do, let us know. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what y'all drop next. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. We got a lot of big bucks that we're still chasing. So oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully uh, we can keep the momentum rolling. Well, and too, you know, this is a huge deer. And here's, here's the thing, too. I forgot about the horny cup. He's going to be hard to beat, you know, hey. the horny cup It's the, our field staff, we've got a, um, a trophy for the biggest buck this year and I, it's being made right now. We did one a couple of years ago. Uh, but Larry, I would say Larry's in the driver's seat right now. He's, he's <laughs> the front runner for sure. Yeah. Horny cup 2021 bitches. 
<laughs> we still got a lot of season left, so I'm just I'm just gonna leave that there. Uh, don't be modest, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed it, guys. Uh, you know, hopefully we're circling back to get a story on another one here soon. Yeah, before uh, before we go, I just want to say, uh, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. That's a good way to end this. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Larry and Levi. I really can't say enough about this group of guys at Factory Outdoors up there in Illinois. Just uh, They're just some killers, man. Um, on the podcast front, I promise I'll have another one out sooner than later. I've actually got one recorded with turkey hunter extraordinaire Dave Owens. I've just got to get it out there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for slagging, but I promise I'll get it out there soon. Appreciate you checking us out. Y'all have a good one. Thank you.